Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We are proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. You can find thousands of titles to download and listen to at any time. We recommend getting Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev so you can follow along as we make our way through the story. Visit audibletrial.com slash thepemberley to start your 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com slash thepemberley. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pemberley Podcast. Today, we're going to continue talking about chapters seven and eight of Recipe for Persuasion. And just so you all know, going forward, we're going to be covering two chapters at a time, so you can follow along that way. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're reading, watching, using. I'll go first. This is a continuation of an ongoing saga that I did pretty much think would be over by now, uh, and it's not. And that's fine, because the adventure is part of the enjoyment. For a while now, I've been obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender. In order to close the gap on a major loose end that they left at the end of the show, I have been on the hunt to get the comic book that goes into that storyline. And I was able to check it out, only to find out (laughs) that it is a different part and And the storyline that I am looking for resides in part one, and I checked out part two. So even though I'm, yeah, so even though I'm like, you know, still getting a good story, it is not what I was looking for. And also because it's part two, I kind of don't know what's happening because (laughs) I'm just like, who's this guy? Who are you? I know what happens, but but I want to read it. You know, I want to, there's a difference between reading the Wikipedia page for it and actually experiencing the episode. So I'm still on the quest. I'll update you guys. Guys, you heard it here first. This is an ongoing saga for me. I'm just trying to get a hold of this one comic book. Listen, I think we all thought this saga wouldn't last as long either. <laughs> so it's sad. I'm sad yep. that you didn't get the right story you were looking for. Is part one available or do you have it on hold? So I have a library card for the Burbank branch. So I'm considering getting like an LA library card just so I have access to more books. I will say that's one of the first things I did once I had an LA address was get a, a library card because it's they have such a large database since you have access to so many branches. What I love about the library and what everyone should take advantage of in their area is their audiobook selection especially in these times where you don't really leave your house if you download the app Libby you connect it to your library card and what also I love about that is I don't have to be paranoid about when I need to return things because it's electronic either I return it early because I finish it early or they just take it off the account and there's no late fees this is also an ad for your local public library yeah check it out what are you reading watching working on lately I like that in your initial intro you had included using because you know mine is an app I was trying to be inclusive of the thing that you want to talk about. (laughs) This is like the latest thing that I have started to use. It's the Calm app, 
which is all focused on meditations or just things to help you sleep and just like something to listen to if you're having trouble sleeping, anything like that. And it's really nice. Like typically when I have trouble sleeping, I do watch like ASMR because that's also like super calming and really nice. So the Calm app recently came out with a Harry Styles story. So he is actually, (laughs) I'm sorry, I said that right when you were drinking water. (laughs) I know you guys, last week we talked about how much of a Jonas Brothers scholar Yolanda is, but the same goes for Harry Styles adjacent content. I, so I was like, <laughs> and I can't take all the credit for that because at work we have a Slack room of Harry Styles fans. So <laughs> I feel like that collective of people, I am way more up to date on uh, Harry Styles news than I ever would have been, but I enjoy it. <laughs> so it's We're, great. No, I mean, I feel like you still get the credit for belonging to this group yeah. that like swarms on information about him. I know. So this story, uh, it's like a 30 minute long narration that he does. And it's got some nice music to it. And I tried listening to it. I fell asleep halfway through, which is great. It means it worked. That's the point. (laughs) And then I listened to the rest of it last night. And I think it's just a really nice, simple story. It's basically like you're in this dream world with Harry and he's kind of guiding you through the visuals. And I think actually um, the writing is simple, but it's so well done just because of how the visuals are described and it really like makes you imagine everything in your head um, as if you're experiencing it too. So that was actually something a little new for me. I haven't really done something quite like that. I guess you do that with audiobooks, but like this was a little more like open-ended too. So I recommend it, at least in California. It's been super hot here. So if it's hot at night and you're having (laughs) trouble sleeping, it's nice to listen to something cool and calming. It must have been good if you fell asleep halfway through. There have been times I I actually learned about ASMR quite recently. Mm. There have been a couple of nights where I've been like, I wonder if it even works. And like, it kind of (laughs) does. I can recommend you to people who I great. think are great. Because there's a lot of like really popular people. Sometimes they just get to a point where they're just talking about their lives and you're like, all right, move along. I'm here for you, but I'm not here for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ultimately, I'm here for me. So yes, I will I will take your recs and then we can also share it with our, our listeners in case they're having trouble falling asleep. Or I don't know, maybe if you guys are having trouble falling asleep, you can listen to your favorite podcast about Jane Austen adaptations <laughs> or maybe we're just too interesting to listen to as you go to hopefully, sleep. Hopefully, like, I was, I I was to gonna know. say, hopefully you're not listening to us to fall asleep. <laughs> well, or, you know, we'll maybe it's sort special, of like... We'll do a special uh, ASMR episode. <gasps> Stop it. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I know you're kidding, but I kind of love that <laughs> idea. We could make our own audible books. Forget the Rosamund Pike or the <laughs> Emma Thompson narrations of Jane Austen books. What about your favorite podcast? Podcasters, Jillian and Yolanda. <laughs> you need to hear these books in American accents. Come on, e- people. Exactly. And the best part is we're just going to have the MP3. And if you want, you email us and we just send it to you for free. <laughs> With that. (laughs) With that, I think it's time that we dive into, as we explore our other quarantine career options, I think it's time (laughs) that we dive into this week's episode of Recipe for Persuasion. Previously, Ashna and Rico met for the very first time in years, and Ashna is so stunned that she drops a knife on camera and Rico dives on his injured knee to save her toes, which are exposed by open-toed sandals. 
And so we're going to dive into chapter seven, which is a flashback episode. Yeah, I think I'm noticing now a pattern how Sonali has structured this book, which is like, because there is so much backstory that we don't know about these two people in present day, we're getting all these different flashback chapters of what was... Ashna's upbringing like what was it like when they first met it's a really cool way to tell a story because I feel like you're getting a full view of what everyone is thinking at any moment because there's so many different sides of the story too in chapter seven we get the story of how Rico and Ashna actually met which we kind of got a hint about when she said like he had basically saved her from a soccer ball hitting her head but we actually get more of the full scene which is Ashna had been hiding behind the bleachers after playing soccer and that that's where Rico finds her and is like, what are you doing? Why are you hiding right now? What's so great about Sonali's writing is in addition to action, she also gives us what the characters are thinking and like everything that goes into it. So the ABC of the beats of the scene are not that long at all. It's a very brief encounter, but essentially Ashna is Greenbrook High's star goalkeeper. This very handsome, charming young man has been like, why are you hiding? It's actually very funny. This is a very famous opening line for both of them. He says, um, did you have a seizure or something? Are you ODing? And then all she can respond with is ODing? And apparently, allegedly later, that was it for Rico. He was in love with her. <laughs> it's Friday night and Ashna hides under the bleachers when her team is finished practicing. It's not because the other girls are mean to her. They're very nice to her and they want to include her in their fun Friday night plans. But she does not want to say no. She doesn't want to be invited because Friday night is really busy at the restaurant and her baba has a really hard hard time dealing with that. So she likes to be home at the restaurant helping him. It talks a lot about how she prefers to compartmentalize her life, you know, because Ashna was like eight years old when she came over from India. So she, you know, she had a life, she had friends, she had interests and hobbies um, when they left because like her mom works in girls in sports. She was basically forced to play soccer. People just kind of forgot that that was something that she loved to do when they came to America. So she sort of secretly went to tryouts, secretly made the team and it says that she never told anyone in her family that she was on the soccer team. So like, we're kind of getting a sense of like a double life that Ashna is building for herself. It makes it easier for her to give people what they need if she can be a different person in each of the compartments. Yeah, which is unfortunately for her what comes with a, having a broken family is that she has to feel like she has to separate all those parts to appease everyone so that there isn't any conflict or fighting because as we saw in one of the other chapters, she does feel like some kind of responsibility for her parents fighting all the time. You know, she would be crying in her room feeling like, I'm causing this, I'm the reason for this. And Mina would come in being like, you have no reason to feel that way, but a kid can only feel like the way they feel. So she tried to take all of that on and carried it even long after they were separated and still trying to keep being separate to keep the peace in a way. But also I think too, when she came to California, it was like, I think she had said it here, but it was almost as if the previous eight years didn't exist really. So it was like starting completely fresh, completely new. And in that same way, she may have been emotionally protecting her trying to emotionally protect her dad of being like no like I don't like soccer like I don't, I'm not gonna bring it up because that is gonna remind him of Shobi and that's gonna bring up conversations of India of what she was doing there in her life there why kind of bring in any kind of drama and I'm just gonna not tell him it's surprising to me that she would choose though to still keep it separate from anyone in her family too because she's like no no like I don't want anyone to know then they're gonna come to the games I don't want them to like 
feel like they're putting time into this, you know, like it's my thing. Sure. And I mean, like something she says, like she can't imagine her family coming to soccer games, like part of the whole not feeling important enough, but also she's like, this is just so not their thing. And it even says down here, exactly when the secret started to feel so good, Ashna had no idea, but having something all on her own had felt great. You're definitely right. It started from a place of like, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to inconvenience anyone. I I think the idea of having something all for herself because she does live her life trying to please everyone. This feels like it's something that like she has total control over. I mean, because she's like the star goalie, you know, like she's good at this. This is where she thrives. And so another thing I think it shows is like she doesn't really have anyone she feels like she can confide in. I mean, she has other like friends and cousins who are her age and she's not even telling them. It says even in this chapter that her only two secrets have been soccer and Rico. This this beautiful, handsome boy notices her under the bleachers. And I'm sure it's like shocking to her to feel seen by somebody like that. It kind of makes me think of episode one, season two of Fleabag, where, you know, she like makes those, she breaks the fourth wall and like looks at the camera and none of the characters notice except for the hot priest. And so I I feel like that's a big part of the shock is she's used to like hiding what she wants from everybody that this, this guy literally like all he's doing is asking her questions about herself. And she's like, what? Yeah, and it's back to like the trying to separate each part of her life. We find out like Rico was just another one of those boxes in her life that was so separate from everyone. She had like the soccer box, the Rico box, the life box sort of things. Everything is so separate. But I do like because we got one of the lines previously from Rico that she remembered was that he had said, I love you as a question. He was so he was like, I love you. And now we're getting some of the insight of how much he just turns everything into a question. <laughs> everything He's is an just inquisitive like, fellow. She uh, tries to toss a question back to him and he just throws another question back because that's the kind of person he is. And then suddenly, is this when the soccer ball comes out of nowhere? Yep. He holds out one hand and stops the boys soccer team from like hitting her in the head with a soccer ball. And so the coach comes up to him and he's like, holy crap, I want you to come to my office and talk to me. I want to talk about putting you on the boys team. I really want this to get made into a show or movie just to see that scene because it's also such a classic like high school movie thing where like some kid is new. They like shoot a couple basketballs or like are really good at soccer and the high school coach comes out of nowhere, runs and tracks them down and he's like you <laughs> what are you doing get on the team <laughs> you're basically it is on. one of the best tropes yes. in all of movies and all <laughs> the television of just like coach who happens to be there as a kid is accidentally really yeah. good at sports it actually happened in love victor where he's new to the school he's playing basketball the coach runs over he's like kid kid wait <laughs> the funny thing is i remember seeing that happen in real life in high school oh really uh so my high school had a really big swimming pool and i remember like the first unit of PE back when we all had to do PE yeah. we had to swim it was like a day where like they would just get let us free swim and we like there wasn't any structure you could just swim around in the pool and there was this girl who was really really good at diving off the diving board and so like you know people were like having fun and doing cannonballs and belly flops and everything and she was like you know pointing toes and she was like had a very graceful form and like i remember watching like the coach go up to her and be like you're really good at this. Would you be interested in being on the diving team? To which I thought to myself, we have a diving <laughs> team? Like what? <laughs> it does happen, but it's it's especially great when it happens in 
teen rom-coms. So yeah, this coach is like, 4 p.m. tomorrow, my office. Like, you're on the team, basically. But, you know, we got to go through the formal, quote, tryout process. <laughs> I want to, like, make sure I don't get this wrong, but I was under the impression this was a Friday. Like, that's why she was hiding out. Yeah, So I'm like, does he have to come in on a Saturday at oh, 4 p.m.? That's a good point. Because, yeah, she is hiding because it's, like, Friday nights are her the busiest night for the restaurant. She has to go to mm-hmm. Palo Alto. She's going to help out. I mean, hey, like, if he makes him come in on a Saturday, it must be that big a deal. But I'm just like, oof, I don't even want to think about school on a Saturday. I don't know. Maybe they have weekend practices. I wasn't in high school sports. I don't know the schedules. That's true. The only, the most I know about high school sports is for, like, a few weeks in the summertime before school started again. They're, they're It was called there. Hell Week. Yeah. Yeah, everyone would be, like, starting practice. And I remember because I like you know when you start high school you're like ooh who am I going to be in high school I was like ooh do I want to join a sport do I want to try and see if there's something I would like Mm -hmm. and then when I heard about hell week I was like absolutely not no once you hear I about don't like want, the like, time commitment and the money that goes into it, I'm going to stick to uh, some random elective. <laughs> They're going to make me do PE. I'll just do PE. <laughs> Guess what? I still have my gym shorts. I still use them to really? work out. Is the elastic in my waistband broken? Yeah, but there's a drawstring in there and I use that. <laughs> I mean, Ashna and, and Rico liked it enough to want to play soccer, so. We can't relate to this, but I'm happy for them. We can't relate to sport, sporty people. <laughs> They're dedicated to this. They're good. They're both good at So when Ashna does question Rico if he is actually going to do it, his last question to her is, maybe I don't want to play for the same reason that you were hiding beneath those bleachers. And that's not a question, Rico. That's just a statement. But he makes it a question. Socrates here is... uh... It also mentions before that like this coach is really rigid and, and tryouts ended months ago. So it's like he doesn't he doesn't care about anyone. So the fact that he noticed Rico's talent is a really huge deal. It's great that she just met this guy and she's already so concerned about his future. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta do it. No one gets this opportunity. Do not throw away your shot. Yeah, because that's I mean, that's honestly something she says. She's like, I wanted to say like do what makes you happy, but she's like, No, I just met him. I, you don't say that to someone you just met you encourage the cute boys that notice you hiding under the bleachers i guess so with that should we go on to chapter eight yes we are back in modern times and it is a week after the kitchen fiasco she thought people would have moved on from it and they have not no and we kind of get a little more insight into what the audience perspective of that fiasco was of what the clip looked like on good morning america and probably every news outlet possible entertainment news outlet everyone has been replaying replaying this clip over and over it's got over five million views and they're analyzing every frame because to the audience it looks like ashna is so shocked at seeing someone so attractive like her mouth drops and she's shocked and the knife drops so that's why people are obsessed with the clip they're like wow she was so blown away by rico and of course rico is this well known celebrity they're like of course so everyone can relate i guess (laughs) and what frustrates her is like he was her secret nobody on planet earth knows she had him that they were in love that they were together in their youth and so it's like 
she's really mad. Like, I'm sure a part of her is like, hey, I had him before he was huge and <laughs> you guys don't think I could get, I already had, you know, something like that. So she's really annoyed because it's a week later and she thought this thing would have died down by now and it has not died down even a little bit. We also get a little more insight into her personality. Basically, after her father killed himself when she was 18, her aunt made her go to therapy when she went off to Paris for culinary school and and she was diagnosed with PTSD resulting in acute clinical depression and anxiety triggered by losing a parent so violently. So she is quite obsessed with keeping everything organized. And so we see a little more of that. Her underwear drawer is very organized, color-coded, all nicely rolled up. Basically, there's no amount of organizing in the world that can make her feel better right now. And another thing I think is interesting is it says that she is feeling rage, which makes me think back to a couple of chapters when Rico finally took it upon himself to Google Ashna and just figure out where she is in life. And when he saw that she's a chef and that she is like working at her father's restaurant, like he's angry. And so I I feel like it's like a similar thread that's being pulled through of just like the past coming back up. He clearly knew about this. She was caught by surprise and she's just so angry that she made such, that he caused her to feel, to like make a huge fool of herself. Now it's on camera and the world is not letting her forget about it. That panic too has set in so much that after seeing the Good Morning America analysis of every frame of that video, she immediately calls China and is like, you know what? Some news, I can't do the show anymore because my mom, uh, she's getting this uh, this award and it's like a really big deal and I have to be there for her because I'm her only family, so I gotta go. Uh, so she's like hardcore trying to backtrack everything now because at this, time and point right now she's like I would rather and who knows if she would actually go but she's like I would rather at least pretend that I'm going to India going to be with my mom than facing Rico in this room for weeks really that's something that she's trying to weigh as well China kind of sees right through it and she's like so when did this come up why are you doing this and also it's a huge deal to China because she was on the brink of losing her job if she didn't find someone and she also got a promotion because of it and so she will like literally lose her job if Ashna decides to drop out because now that this clip has gone viral it's just created all this buzz around the show and even them as almost like this pair and couple there's like so much hype around it in China's mind she's like there's no way you're dropping out because I won't let you exactly I feel like another thing Rico is causing in Ashna's life is she's being forced to lie maybe the first time in a while just because I feel like his reappearance is causing her to compartmentalize her life again because she can't be honest about the real reason for her wanting to leave the show which is like this guy still overwhelms me and I don't feel like myself in front of him and he barged in on me and I didn't expect this and she's so overwhelmed but she can't tell them about it it's kind of like oh you've been lying to us for a decade China calls her out and says oh so the whole reason you said yes to this wasn't for me it was to get out of going to India to see your mom Asha's clearly between a rock and a hard place because the whole reason she said 
said she like had an excuse to say no to Shobi was so she could do the show. Mm-hmm. And now that Rico's there, she's like, well, maybe going to India and like hanging out with my mom isn't such a bad life after all. Yeah. But she's like probably going to stick it out so her friend doesn't lose her job. These boxes that she's created are starting to open up and intersect too. Because if Rico's on the show, there's no like it's going to come out eventually to all her family, as you said, like, has she been lying to us for decades? Or like, what else is she hiding? She is so private. She is so secretive about everything in her life just because she wants to have maintain that control over each section. But now it's getting to a point where she's not going to have any control over how these things will intersect and really kind of become public. Exactly. And we get a call from Shobi. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, have you given any thought to and, and also I should mention she calls at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> which angered me because we know how little sleep Ashna gets. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that because she's no longer manning curry dreams every single day that she is getting a little more sleep because she's not like cleaning up after everyone. But her mother is basically like, hey, have you given any more thought to coming to India and presenting me with this award and just kind of hanging out for a while? It's sort of like more of like a getaway kind of thing because she's like, you work so hard every day. Maybe you could check out my foundation and you can see what we're about. Maybe that would interest you. Yeah, she's trying to get her to think about other options in her life too. She's like, you know, if I can just get her away from that restaurant for a week, then she'll see what she's missing out on which is all these other opportunities in her life and finally be free of like this obligation that she feels to this restaurant maybe she'll like start to see new things Shobi isn't seeing it from Ashna's perspective of like no I have to maintain this and even Shobi calls her out and says you know I can't believe like you would even resort to lying about a new job that was a huge thing that Ashna was like okay you do not believe in me to think like Food Network would offer me this job to think I would accept because honestly it is in line with Ashna's personality to not accept something like this to not want to be on screen and go viral especially or be a celebrity to Shobi she's like you know my daughter just lied to get out of coming to India that makes Ashna just even more defensive she's like no I love the idea of being on television what are you talking about and so um, <laughs> television is my favorite thing to do yeah so she does kind of backtrack after <laughs> again you know she's like she just had this conversation with China being like no 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 I can't I can't do it now she has talked to her mom she's like all right I think I'm gonna have to keep doing it so it's tough well and I feel like a like a lot of her emotions around this are coming to a head all of a sudden because she never really wanted to go to India and her mother says this other thing on the phone I want you and all women to believe that you can achieve whatever you want and I think Ashna has grown really numb over the years to that kind of like female empowerment stuff coming from her mom because she's like oh so you're talking about the world that took you away from me the life that you chose over me like I I really think she fundamentally is just trying not to be a part of Shobi's world she's just so resentful of it on page 104 Shobi also says you've given so much time to your father's dream don't I deserve the same consideration like that's a thing too for Ashna that there's so much weight to that sentence because it's like where was Shobi when she was growing up she decided that her dreams were more important than being a mom she's still making it about her dreams and not ashna's dreams it almost seems like from shobi's perspective ashna's being selfish and only being loyal to her father but from ashna's perspective she's like 
but where were you? Like, you can't just come in and claim like, where am I for you when you weren't there for me? Baba was there for her always. And he Mm -hmm. like created a safe home for her. And her mom was just like, okay, well, I'm out ski. Bye. Yeah. And especially with her not like thinking that Ashna invented the Food Network opportunity. First of all, it means she's hiding under a rock if this clip is allegedly viral and she hasn't seen it. It like really, really sparked something in Ashna that her mom is like, I can't believe you made all this up to avoid talking to me. Now she wants to do the show now more than ever because her mom doesn't think she can do it, didn't even know it was a real opportunity. I just think that it's so interesting this scene illustrates the fact that Ashna doesn't make decisions based Based on what she wants to do or what she thinks is best for her. She either makes decisions based on will it honor my father and the life that he created for us here or will it spite my mother and everything that she left us for. It's tough because like everything Shobi says too always comes with the critique or some kind of jab whether it's unintentionally or intentionally. So that's where it's tough too for Ashna to take anything she says seriously because even like she'll say get to know the foundation it might be something that speaks to you and it's not in shambles. And it's like Ashna is working so hard to make sure the restaurant isn't in shambles. That's why she's taking the Food Network opportunity. Shobi can't see that because she's not there, honestly, too. She's not seeing the the day-to-day work that Ashna is putting into it because to Shobi, like her work, there's so many people already involved. She's getting all this public praise for it. And yeah, Ashna isn't getting this public praise for running great dreams. Like no one is seeing the hard work that she's putting into keeping it alive and I think that's the disconnect between what Ashna still sees the potential in this restaurant and Shobi being like just give up on it too. Assuming Ashna doesn't choose her career path and decides to follow either her mother or her father, what sounds like a better more glamorous life? Putting 20 hours a day into this restaurant that is still losing money and is so much work and is so much to manage and it doesn't make you feel like your life is moving forward? Or would you rather go to India and work with your mother, empowering young women all over the world to play sports and be whoever they want to be? Like, honestly, Shobi's life does sound more glamorous, but Ashna's just so deeply resentful of it because it's like she chose sports and she chose, you know, empowering every other girl on earth except for her own daughter. Yeah. And obviously, Shobi doesn't see it that way, but that's where so much of this is coming from. And it's all like boiling inside Ashna that she's like, I didn't make up any excuses to come and not see you. I am choosing myself. You're just going to have to deal with that, mom. And I mean, that's where they leave things. Kind of every uh, conversation results in an argument. No one's happy. No one's getting the result they wanted. They regret calling each other and they hang up. Ashna was considering trying any possible way to get out of the show. Now she realizes, no, I'm stuck in the show that's where things end. Yeah, so we're just going to have to, again, it ends on a really tense moment between mother and daughter, so we'll just have to hang in there and stay tuned because next week we'll be discussing chapters 9 and 10 of Recipe for Persuasion. We're excited to see what happens next. Next.